hello, hello. Um, welcome here. Uh, this uh, We're here on a Thursday morning. Um, I'm Pastor Michael. This is Hope Stream. And today we're going to be doing our Overcomers uh, service um, a little bit early, but we will... We will be um, we will be uh, repeating the service uh, later on this evening. Hey, if you're not able to, you can view it. I'm sorry to interrupt, but somebody's phone's on in there. The volume. Oh yeah. There you go. Little technical difficulties. We are adjusting. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Thank so you, we have Pastor Sean. For yes. Booth. So we have an amazing, amazing service today. I want to thank all of you for joining us. Um, once again, I'm Pastor Michael from Center of Hope Church. Um, I have my my good friend and co-host Darren McBee here in the house. Um, Pastor Sean there in the control room and uh, Doug, Diamond Doug in there. Um, (laughs) And uh, I'm going to introduce our guests in just a moment. And I once again just want to thank everyone for listening. Um, Today's going to be an amazing uh, uh, message, amazing word. Um, we're really committed to uh, helping people uh, unlock some of the, the issues inside of them, the issues of life. And, you know, in Proverbs uh, 4.23, the Bible says to guard your heart or, or protect your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the springs of life. And so our hearts are a well. And that word uh, heart there in Proverbs in the Old Testament Hebrew is actually love, and it, it means our inner self. It's our mind, it's our emotions, um, it's our desires, and a lot of times we could work on the outside, but there's things that need to be healed and, and, and guarded on the inside. And so we're going to be unlocking some spiritual truths today. We're going to be giving uh, some, uh, it's just uh, going to be such a powerful uh, um, podcast today, um, and we have a very special guest, um, uh Ruben Gutierrez, excuse me. I know he was chaplain, yeah, and uh, <laughs> so it's a little uh, um, challenging for me. But um, but Ruben, uh, we've known each other for about fifteen years now. It's been a while since we've seen each other face to face. We've corresponded and talked, and and uh, God's doing some amazing things through your life, and you've really committed yourself to helping people, and I love that about you. Um, I, as I, we were talking earlier, one of the things, especially in this season, that God is is really uh, reminded me to be very intentional about is genuine mm-hmm. connecting mm-hmm. and coming alongside, working together with genuine people. And I want to thank you for joining us here today. And I don't believe this is going to be the last time. Uh, <laughs> there's just so much here, and we're going to get out as much as we can. And I, I know that the people uh, that are listening are going to be very, very blessed. So if you want to uh, introduce yourself and maybe share a little bit about your story. Well, praise God. Uh, I know you as Michael, <laughs> Pastor Michael. Uh, thank you for the invite. I'm really honored um, to be able to be here today. And uh, so, yeah, my name is Ruben Gutierrez. Um, I don't know. I just uh, serving God is something that uh, when I gave my life to Christ, somebody told me that when you do that, um, you better like people. Because it's the people, it's it's a people mm. business. It's what um, you do as a Christian. You can't get into Christianity except Jesus and forsake people, mm. because that's that's what we do. 
And I think the main reason why, um, not only because of that, but the main reason why people are so um, important, near and dear to my heart, not only because they're near and dear to God's heart, is because from an early age, I can remember um, being drawn to people and having kind of a heart. I mean, I've always had kind of a caring heart. I remember when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a veterinarian. I wanted mm. to care for animals. I wanted to take care of, you know, hurt animals and things. And um, especially when I was a kid, I remember seeing babies cry or something and my heart would just break, mm. like, you know. So there's always been kind of that compassion component about me. And then when I uh, joined the military, they uh, I took the test and everything and they say, you know, join the army, be all you can be. And I said, well, all they let me be was a medic, but that was probably one of the best things. Yeah. It fit yeah. right into oh, my yeah. nature being a medic and, you know, taking care of people physically mm -hmm. then. So I knew early on that um, God had, had put that in my heart and kind of commissioned me to You know, take care that, of and I think that's a beautiful thing that you kind of carried that same heartbeat. I know we just had uh, Pastor Albert from the well in here. And, you know, a lot of us, myself included, um, we were conditioned, if you will, to be cold, be callous. And men, uh, oftentimes we just, uh, men don't cry, you don't feel, you, right. you know, you got to keep a leg up and all this stuff. So, you know, as, as we see there's no racism. That when we see babies and kids, everybody's you know uh, um, uh, on the same level playing field. Mm -hmm. But as we grow and as we develop, a lot of, unfortunately a lot of times the world just uh, um, conditions us in a way where we we become secluded and, and focused on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the the big thing here right now is is that. Um, Getting out of ourself is a natural response to being saved mm -hmm. from actually receiving the grace and the mercy of God. Um, there's a saying that grace given is evidence of grace received. Amen. You know, if, right. I, if I haven't genuinely received grace, then I'm going to have a hard time. I'm going to still have a critical eye. But yeah. when I realize how much God has forgiven me mm -hmm. for and, and how much love he's instilled in me, and I know that's my motivation, sure. is strictly mm -hmm. that God has been so good to me. Yeah. How can I not want to, to express that goodness and, and help build others? And, you know, can I come on the heels of that? Because you were talking about children and Albert was talking about um, kids being on a playing field, red and yellow, black and white, and they're all having a great time. They're colorblind. You know, they're on a playing field and they don't, they don't see color. They just see kids having fun and loving each other. Yes. And that brings me back to what Christ said, that he wants us to be like little children, oh, to good. have a childlike heart. Yeah. Why? Because children are so ready to learn and grow and, and just accept love. You know, you know what I'm saying? And it's like you said, we, we get older and we just all of a sudden put on this facade of, mm -hmm. I got to be a man. Right. You know, you know, there's that old saying about peer pressure, how it just you know, gets to people and the way society, like you were mentioning, mentioning Pastor Michael, the way society uh, stereotypes little boys and little girls were conditioned early on. Mm -hmm. You know, if a little boy falls off of his bike, what's the first thing his mom and dad tell him, or usually his dad, get up, stop crying, dust yourself off, get back on that bike. But Big I know, boys don't cry. Exactly. You know, when right. my little girl fell off her bike, oh my gosh, 
I, it almost killed me. I picked her up. I held her. I dusted her off. And, you know, that's okay, baby. Let's go inside. Let's get rid of that bike. And, you know, so we're conditioned yeah. from that young yeah. age yep. to be, you know, strong. And it's just what society puts on us. And so what do, you, what do you think about this? That essentially what we're doing is we're teaching kids. We're teaching people, even adults. It, it just, it's, it's continued, it's perpetualized um, to suppress feelings. Exactly. To, to don't feel that. And, and even in the church, right? Yep. I mean, I can't count how many times. No, don't feel that. Right. Don't, uh, it, no, you just don't claim that, right? That's faith, the verbiage, right? Faith, yeah, don't maybe. claim yep. it. Don't right. No, but the reality of it is that Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Exactly. Like, let's figure out your issue yeah. so I can come in. You need to be able to let that thing out yep. so I can come in. Exactly. You know, and... Right. Uh, it's and, like and, that saying right now that's, uh, oh, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, okay, yeah, there's something to say about that, but you're human. Right. We're human. God made us human. We're spiritual beings with a human body. Oh, amen. We're going to experience stress. We're going to experience fear. We're going to experience all the natural psychological phenomenon that we're susceptible to. Mm. And we can't suppress that. It's funny that you mentioned that because once we do suppress that and we push it down and hold it in, it's like we're, we're, we're human. So we have to talk. Right. That's what we do. We have right. to communicate. And if you can picture a water balloon getting filled up with mm-hmm. a water hose and just going and going and going and going, right. if we don't have an outlet to let some of that water out, we explode. explode. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. If we suppress that, yes. it has to manifest in some kind of way. Every time. Anxiety, depression, something's going to happen to you yeah. where you don't feel right. 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 And so that's, you know, that's the byproduct of suppression. Something's yes, going to give somewhere. Exactly. And then now if you've grew up in a house full of trauma and you've learned how to stuff uh, rejection, which because I run into a lot, the, the spirit of rejection yes. um, is so such a huge um, um, core. And a lot of times there's uh, other, you know, things that branch off that. But just that, that, that idea of rejection, that, that spirit, if you will. Um, and, and once that get a, gets established and I've learned now how to suppress that. Mm-hmm. And so now <clears throat> when I'm facing more rejection or things happen, I've just learned how to make another deposit, make exactly. another deposit. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon uh, this load, this, this weight just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And that's when we see people, emotional, psychological breakdown. Yep. You know, a different, um, uh, uh, different, you know, uh, addictions, Drug everything. And that's how, yeah. Exactly. Now I have to figure out a way to not continue to not deal with that, and now medicate myself to a point where I don't have to feel that. Because, but there's that that issue inside of me that I've never. Uh, um, had the courage, if you will, to to expose. Well, maybe, but not. You know, I agree with you there. But also, sometimes we don't even see it. There's so right. many blind spots that right. we have. You know, that you're growing up and you're being preconditioned by these people, like mm. you're saying, to be a man Good and point. stuff it down. And you know, I know for me, when I went through the, you know, the, the horrible trauma of my dad abandoning me and watching my mom become an alcoholic and stuff. I didn't even understand what was going on inside of me. I didn't see that I had anger and right. and hurt and pain that was just deep inside there, compartmentalized someplace, you know, that was just outside of my reach a little bit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and so that's when we get in huge trouble, I think. Yeah. When the Bible right. says train up a child in the way yeah. it should go, I think a lot of us lack the training, mm-hmm. so we're not... 
We need to teach our kids how to feel. Like you said, no, don't just, you know, get on your bike and, okay, you're hurt and and it's going to be okay. And let's, let's, uh, let's, let's work help you process these emotions and mm-hmm. my daughter's amazing she's amazing with the kids man my grandkids mm-hmm. and she does daycare and stuff and she is phenomenal yeah. with um with communicating and helping kids process emotions and i think once again we can learn a lot from that and we need it starts with us that's I, a gift I to be able to, to do that with kids i have mm-hmm. a, a good friend uh fernando and his wife jennifer they run a daycare and uh, that's a gift. Oh yes, that is a gift. When I got when I went back to school to um, get my master's in clinical counseling psychology, uh, the professors asked us, "Is there a demographic that you feel that you couldn't work with?" And right away, I raised my hand. I said, "Little kids," yeah. because that just breaks my heart. Yes. They're innocent. They have yeah. you know. Why do that to a child? And yeah. for me, it's really hard to work with kids. You know, it's I'll work with. The, you know the adults but for kids it's just really hard for me to work with right. but um you know I, I was kind of the same uh growing up i i had good parents you know um i didn't wasn't abused mentally physically or you know anything uh emotionally uh i, I was a little redhead kid growing up on the west side of san Bernardino, and they're like you know, how can you be mexican you have red hair and you know <laughs> so I, I did experience a lot of rejection from friends you know mm-hmm. uh just because i was different mm-hmm. so i did a lot of things to try to fit in mm-hmm. you know i got tattoos when i was real young and i went out and did stupid things just so i can fit in and right. people would like me and right. you know so that rejection did start to carry on later on as i got older but it did factor in a lot uh to help me decide what to take when i went to school mm. i wanted to know what made people tick why why do they think the way they think right. what makes them behave the way they behave right. and so the psychology uh fit right in Wow, that's awesome. And then you apply the word of God and and, and that's where the healing comes in. We're able to um, kind of till the ground, if you will. Um, the Bible says in Hosea to plow the hard ground of our heart and, uh, and, and sow seeds of righteousness that you might harvest a crop of love. Amen. I love that. I love that verse. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm, I praise God all the time for, uh, I went to Bible college first. I did two different Bible colleges. I did the Rock School of Ministry at the Rock Church, and then I did the International School of Ministry, or ISOM. It's a video-based Bible college. Uh, I did that first before going to uh, Cal State San Bernardino. And, and praise God I did because, you know, some of the, the kids on the college campuses nowadays and even the professors and the stuff that comes out of there is just from the pit of hell. It's right? horrific, isn't it? It is horrific. Because they are, I mean, the professors are literally challenging kids to destroy their faith in college. I mean, you get a Absolutely. child that comes out of a Christian home and they're not totally dialed in, but they may love the Lord. And then you get one of these professors that are mock six above them and using these gigantic words. And then they mock the kids. And from for a their position faith. of authority. Exactly. They're standing there, they have their pulpit, you know. But I had that firm foundation. And one thing that God did for me is he changed that spirit of rejection that I had growing up as a kid and gave me a spirit of boldness. I was older. I had a little bit more wisdom. But now 
when I'm sitting in class and people are making fun of Christianity, how it's archaic and how can they dismiss science and this right, and that, right. I could stand up for my beliefs and right. let these people know it's okay to do that. That's right. You so, can defend your faith. That's exactly. right. Yeah. So we, uh, if anybody is listening and you have a question, you'd like to comment, uh, we have one that came in uh, from a Mrs. Deborah Brenner, uh, Pastor Debbie Brenner. Um, <laughs> but she had a great question. And if anyone has a question, please, we are here to facilitate, to help in any way that we can. And this question is, how can adults who were silenced as children break free from anxiety or fear of being judged? Great question, honey. You know, um, if you look at fear, um, the root of fear, look at Genesis chapter 3, the first evidence of fear. When Adam and Eve, after they sinned in the garden, they heard the footsteps of God and they hid themselves. Mm -hmm. They were afraid. Mm -hmm. But why were they afraid? They sinned against God. They knowingly sinned against God. From that, we talked about this the other day on the phone, um, Pastor Michael, about shame. Oh, right. Shame is is a byproduct of fear, but sometimes shame is the root that causes fear. We're ashamed because we did something wrong. We are bad. We, we internalize it. I told you that there's a continuum that from guilt to shame. If we do something bad to somebody, we feel guilty about mm. it. If we don't take care of that and nip it in the bud, it goes along a continuum and becomes shame. So now it turns from, I did something bad to, I am, I am bad. bad. So suppressing right. the guilt. Suppressing and, the guilt. You know, I had a, a young lady one time, she came in the office and she was about to have a brain surgery actually. Um, she was gonna have, to, they were actually gonna have to cut into her skull and remove a tumor that was causing her to have seizures ever since she was like 10, 10 or 11. It just got worse and worse. And, and so she was really concerned about the surgery. And so as I was sitting there talking with her and, we, and just ministering and kind of digging the digging up the soil a little bit. And, and I think this is a, a huge key, you know, uh, to hearing people out and to digging the, these things up. And so... Um, we ended up finding out that she had been um, uh, assaulted as a child, mm-hmm. and she she felt this guilt, and it had turned into shame, and the shame actually, um, well, uh, uh, actually had, had done so much damage that it did. It became an identity, mm-hmm. and so we talked, and I ministered, and shared with her, and explained to her how how everything, uh, the truth of God's word, and and about her, and so that and that's. That's a huge part where we have to uh, um, challenge these false identities mm-hmm. and false belief yes. systems. Yes. And the courage comes in when somebody's willing to say, listen to a, a, a new point of view. And exactly. and and she ended up getting delivered. And, and, I, and I, I, I don't use that term loosely because from my experience, deliverance is a process. It's not right. an event. Yes. Right. So exactly. we have to learn, teach people how to process yes. this healing, this process, what, what, what God wants to do. It's Amen. not a matter of somebody just going and throwing up in a trash can right. and, and then yeah. coming back in two weeks and doing it again and, and whatever. So, but she ended up coming back a couple of weeks later, crying just in tears. And, and we had, after that, that encounter and, and uh, <clears throat> she came back with a doctor's report and this, tumor that these seizures that she'd been struggling with for a decade uh, over a decade um, 
There was no more tumor. No, no there, the, the, there was no, they canceled the, she was already done uh, pre-op, like where they yeah. get your uh, anesthesiologist and all that stuff. And, and she's like, look at this report. There's nothing here. There's no tumor. And she was just ecstatic. Emotional, psychological right. issues will manifest in physical yes, issues right. all the time. Every I time. see migraines healed, yeah. stomach issues healed yeah. because of them carrying around something. And, you know, because we are, um, spiritual beings and we have a human body, we can't dismiss the psychological no. part no. of that healing. No. You know, we have to get healed spiritually no. and physically and emotionally right. to experience that full healing like That's what right. you're talking about. So, so go ahead. how can someone get uh, free from anxiety or fear, fear of being judged? Two parts. Um, you have to get right with God. You have to understand and believe who you are in Christ. You're a king's kid. There's no doubt about that. You have to understand your royal position in God's world. You are his kid. There's no, you can't dismiss that. Right. If you can understand that, then you can start to heal the psychological part. Um, forgiveness. Forgive yourself for, for thinking contrary to God's word. Right. Forgive anybody else that has hurt you. That stops that guilt from so turning into can, shame. Can you unpack the importance of forgiving somebody who has hurt you and why that is so Oh, powerful? my gosh. You know, it, it's <laughs> like if you leave water out in a bucket, you know, for weeks, it turns green. It grows what I call those little polywogs, you know. <laughs> and, and that's what happens when you hold unforgiveness inside right. your heart. It putrefies. You know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth right. speaks. The same thing for your thoughts. Out of the abundance of your heart, it's going to drive your thinking right. about yourself. So forgiveness is essential. Right. It's key in beginning that healing process to, to alleviate that anxiety. Right. The second part is to understand what's going on with you physically or mentally, mm -hmm. psychologically, and tackle that part. A lot of people, that brings fear in itself. Oh, yeah. You know, what? What? I don't want to address that. No. You know, so like you said, we're going to medicate it. That's we're going right. to eat. We're going to drink. We're going to do right. whatever it takes to kill that emotional That's pain. Right. When you can stop and understand, this anxiety is not real. Be anxious for nothing. Right. You know, what's going on with me? I need to talk to somebody. Right. I need some. I need some help. Right. Seek that treatment. Seek that help. So right. absolutely, and and do that in a safe environment Amen. and somewhere that has experience. And we, myself, and I, and and even our, our ministry staff, we're really um, we're really committed to addressing issues like this. Mm -hmm. And um, and I love in First Thessalonians five twenty three. It says, "Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and make your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless or or whole and complete until Lord Jesus Christ comes again." Mm -hmm. And so it's saying right there that we are that three part being. Where and uh, I believe that the area of the soul is one of the most neglected, discounted areas. I don't know if that word soul is scary to people or, or why we don't. Uh, and that soul means our mind once again, our mm. will, our emotional Emotions, state. Yeah. I've heard pastors say, don't feel something. Don't feel that or or don't. Mm. And, 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 you know. It's like that saying that, that the waves are going to come. You just have to learn how to navigate through the waves right. and decide which one you're going to surf, which one you're going to duck under, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, uh, um, and and so, but it's hugely neglected, uh, I think, in, in the especially in the church today, in a church oh, culture. Yeah. We just want to grab some scriptures. Yeah, I'm too blessed to be stressed and mm -hmm. all this superficial stuff. 
I hate to say it, it needs to end. Uh, you the, know the what? season we're in, it's so vital yes. that, that we begin to get real understanding and real breakthrough within ourselves, so that now we can be help somebody else get that breakthrough too. And praise God for pastors and, and people in the ministry who are trying to offer help and biblical mm-hmm. help is essential. Right. But pastors and people in the ministry have to be the first ones to acknowledge that maybe they don't know certain right. things about psychology right. or then refer your exactly. congregant to somebody that can help them. Don't pretend right. to know something that you don't know anything about. Thank you. Thank you. And I tell people all the time and you know, sometimes a Christian organization is the first to shoot their wounded. Oh, you the, know, by me being the in the worst. military, yeah. you know, if one of my battle buddies gets wounded out on the battlefield, we're not leaving him there. Never. Right. We're picking him up right. and dragging him through the line of fire and everything right. to get him out of harm's way. Right. And that's what the church should be doing also. Don't right. just dismiss something because, oh, it's too hard for me to handle. And I'm just going to give you some scripture. Go home and pray about it, brother. And that's you're going right. to be good. A little Christianese, a little pat in the back oh, and send yeah, you out the no. door. Right? Philippians, I mean, you on, know, 413, you're all good. Yes. Yeah. But a, a little, you know, they're bleeding out and you're putting a bandaid on it. Exactly. And, and, um, and that's one thing that my wife and I with uh, domestic violence and whatever we come, if we run across mental illness, all these different things. And, you know, <laughs> um, uh, we have to know when we need to outsource, if, if we need to outsource or get someone to even uh, come alongside us and help us in, yes. in that person's healing. What you said was awesome. Their, their safety and their healing and their breakthrough is what's most important. Exactly. Not the fact that they... Uh, uh, that, you know, me, I'm the one that has to do it and has to be a part of this ministry or that ministry. It, it's, it's their well-being. And there's something, you know, in psychology and in, in uh, clinical psychology specifically, it's called scope of practice. And that means that you are only able to help a client within your scope, your scope of practice, of, right. what you know. Right. If somebody comes in with I don't know, uh, an eating disorder, bulimia or something, it it may be too difficult for me to treat. And I have to acknowledge that. Mm. I can't say for the sake of, you know, money, oh, I can help you out. I can do this. No, that's wrong. That's immoral. It's unethical. It's unloving. Exactly. Unloving. We're so fortunate. And and my wife and I um, are state certified uh, domestic violence advocates, as well as a a number of different things. But, um, But we have to know what that best person's best interest is. And, and we've been so fortunate to be able to go and, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, uh, have a lot of experience in recovery. Um, and, uh, so we're able to go into some homes, but the, realistically there's some homes, there's some churches that are like, if it's not us, we don't need it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I think it's sad because the only, the only thing that's important is that person exactly. is there that trauma getting yes. healed, getting that breakthrough getting that deliverance and whatever, however, you know, we're, we're just happy to assist yeah. and, and aid and people. I, I think it's really important that we give them a safe place to come to, a safe place to fall, because right. a lot of times they've been burned, hello, from other pastors that they trusted that, that mm. maybe didn't know what they were talking about or were just, some, some were charlatans out. We gotta be careful about that too. But I mean, I think a lot of people are just afraid to, to who do I trust, where do I turn? Yeah. So they you know who it. that's especially um, important for, too? What mm-hmm. I'm finding now today, especially since this COVID-19 and, mm-hmm. and even before, 
um, pastors themselves, yes, people in ministry, uh, experience so much pressure and stress and rejection, yeah. and th- the weight of of being a pastor is. I mean, you're carrying God's word. You're caring for God's people. You're, you know, you've got this heavy assignment on you. And I'm finding that if there's a pastor that's having problems in their marriage or battling depression or anxiety, they're so fearful to go to another pastor. Right. Because of judgment, because of gossip, you know, so you have to have somebody that you trust. You have to have that safe place and there's always that one up one down type of thing so if somebody from your congregation comes to you they're looking at you as somebody in a place of authority so immediately there's a little intimidation you know it's like when you go see a therapist for the first time sometimes Mm -hmm. therapists and i'm not knocking the therapist or or pastors but you know they're sitting behind a desk with the white shirt and a tie and all these degrees up on the wall and the person is sitting there just looking at everything intimidated right you know I do therapy like this or with a t-shirt and shorts on and yeah. all my tattoos are showing. And I, don't, and I might not be for some people and that's okay. But a lot of people that I do treat, they feel right at home and comfortable like, wow, you know, I, I don't have to feel intimidated by this guy, you know? Exactly. And I think that's an amazing, uh, amazing tool almost just use, utilizing your humanness or yes. your yourself. And I know through the years, like, uh, when I've been able to be vulnerable or gone mm-hmm. through something and express that, um, it's been hugely beneficial, not only for myself, mm-hmm. because I'm not holding that thing in, but also to the people that I'm working with or, or even just around. And I was part of a large organization for a number of years. And one of the things that I, I started a lot of ministries, one thing I did not get off the ground was ministry support. And because we see people, they come in, they get going, they're, they're uh, um, put into position, uh, get into leadership, they're, they're ministers, they're, they're, getting, they're moving forward and, and they're doing great. But then, then situations arise. And, and mm-hmm. you know, th- I think one of the things that makes us so powerful is that there's a lot of pastors that aren't healed. Yeah, that, that haven't addressed these things. They even that they're, they're packing this stuff down. Yeah. They're suppressing it, mm-hmm. and they're they're just kind of going through the motions. And so when trials, when the issues of life come, this stuff this stuff starts to surface, yes. or, or or just it just gets too heavy. They get into pastoring to fulfill something that they're lacking. Right. It's the same with people that get into relationships. Right. You know, oh, because you know my wife or or this person here is going to complete me right. or or make me feel whole oh. again. That's the wrong reason to get in something. <laughs> yeah, we're right, we're right, touching right, on so right, much right. stuff that we can just <laughs> no, spin a. Right, what you just said right now is a whole show in and of itself. And I would see people and they would go and go and then they would just boom, they would apart. crack, they would backslide, whatever yeah. it is, whatever you want to call it. And, and, and why is and, that? Because the devil knows your weaknesses. The right. devil knows mm. how to attack you. Come on. You know, in the military, right. I, we had to know our enemy. Right. You know, in basic training, we spent half of our basic training understanding at that time communist, you know, weapons, uh, airplanes, how, right. their tactics, how they're going to come at us. Right. We have to know our enemy come just on. as well. Right. You know, we don't give right. them that right. much credit. Right. But we have to know his tactics. We exactly. have to know our weaknesses to know what triggers he's going to see and then come at us and try to take right. us down. You know, I, I back when, you know, I was experiencing, you know, the rejection and stuff like that, 
that's how the enemy would try to come at me mm, right every single time until i figured it out but he's such a manipulator he's going to switch up and find something else that you're weak at and come at you that way right you know come it's on. not one dart at a time it's a handful of darts that are going to come flying right. at you exactly so now don't be ignorant of the the enemy's devices the bible says absolutely and and a lot of times we'll he'll use uh physical stress um uh different situations and wait till you're you're weak in one area to get at you in, the, in another it's kind of yes. like fighting he's like look over here look over here bam and he'll catch you exactly and uh, uh, catch you with that uppercut and so it is it's so important that we don't neglect these things and and begin to uh be able to do self-maintenance no matter who you are where you know and it, and it's like your car you know um i can't just uh continue to wash my car and put gas in it forever mm-hmm. sooner or later i'm going to need to have the oil change we're going to need to have <laughs> change my tire have them rotated otherwise what's going to happen is i'm going to end up on the side of the road and I think that a lot of people spiritually or in their souls are 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 um, neglecting those areas. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to do maintenance. We have to do it in inside of ourselves, and 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 that's the the beauty or the importance also of having people that we can trust exactly. that we can be vulnerable to. And if I can't be vulnerable to a, a person then am I really able to even be vulnerable before God you and allow said, him to heal me? I, you know what? I'm sorry. No, but, no, I mean, no. you, you said exactly what I was thinking, okay? I mean, when you're saying that car issue, okay, you got to take that car to get it changed, the oil changed. That's somebody else doing that. Right, mm-hmm. so that means we need oh, other people. Wow. We need to go other people. Right? You <laughs> read my mind, brother, because <laughs> right. that's where I was going. Right, okay. right now, you this go is going to be good. It's the same thing. It's it's we have to do our own maintenance, but right. more typically, men right. are are less likely to seek treatment. Right, medical treatment, mental health treatment, right. especially women. Mm-hmm. You know. Most women will just want to spill everything out and oh, tell yeah. somebody, and they feel better about it. Right. But men, we do our, our self-maintenance mm-hmm. most of the time. But if we have a dead battery, we right. get jumper cables, hook up to another car, and we fire up our car. That's hooking up to another brother right. to be able to say, I need help. Amen. You know, right. And then you get to that point where your car fires up on its own. Right. But we can't neglect that other person, that other brother that we need to come along to. and just, you know, we need to get things out. Yeah. Otherwise, we're that balloon that just pops. Yep. So my no. wife had an interesting comment, and, and this is so true. And we need to be mindful. And, and this is why being genuine um, I'm just so attracted to genuine right now, mm-hmm. like in this season more than ever, always. Mm-hmm. But my wife had this great comment and she said, uh, yes, it's also fear of being re-victimized. Yeah. So if a, a person doesn't oh, understand absolutely. what what the dynamic is that somebody is struggling with, and it doesn't mean you have to li- have lived that struggle, but if you don't understand, have a good uh, understanding about how to help or facilitate that person and and the majority of people always want to give advice mm-hmm. and give instruction. And a lot of times, if you don't know, don't say anything at all. That just, re-victimization just, always leads to compound trauma. It does. Wow. Compound trauma is, is, good word. oh my gosh, it's in uh, you know the psychological field as a therapist, trying to battle through compound trauma. It happens a lot with law enforcement. We see it a lot with military, oh, yeah. um, kids who were physically you know, abused. It just builds one upon another. And just the way it builds, it doesn't build overnight. They're like an onion. We have to peel away each layer, each trauma piece, and we have to talk about it. 
Right. You know, that's one of the biggest things with, um, you know, being a veteran and helping veterans that come back from war. You know, one IED, and I think I heard it from um, the guy you had on the other day. Um, what was his name? Um, Albert. 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 Um, you know, the things that he saw in mm-hmm. prison, you know, somebody mm-hmm. getting stabbed 50 55 times, 55 times yes. right in front of him. In war, if an IED goes off, you know, next to your vehicle or blows up your vehicle and, and you experience that, that's trauma in itself. Right. While you go back, if there's nothing wrong with you here, take a couple of Motrin, <laughs> some water and right. get back out there. Right. Boom. Another one goes off. Right. That's another layer of, tra- layer of right. trauma. You know, uh, policemen, they go out and they see these things or first responders. It just builds and builds and builds to a point where we suppress and we right. numb. Right. Um, look at the highest rates of addiction. Right. Where are they at? You know, all my veterans that come back and they're just, um, you know, self-medicating. And because suicide. Hello. Suicide. Oh, Huge. my gosh. It gets to a point where your world is just so dark, you can't see you, any right. a pinhole of light coming right. through. Yeah. it's And it's so powerful. I remember I was telling you a story, and I think it's apropos for what we're talking about here. One of my best friends that I grew up in high school with, we came from San Francisco out here together, and he became an LAPD guy. And he went through the academy, and I love this guy so much, I became an L.A. County Sheriff, right? And so um, he had experienced a horrific situation. He was chasing down a bad guy, and the bad bad guy had stabbed this old guy and uh, as my friend is running by this guy um, he, he said the old guy stops and says please just hold me and he was on dead run to get this bad guy and he just stops and the guy says please just hold me and he's sitting there the guy's weeping his arms he goes I'm dying and he died right on my friend's arms and it was so horrific but what did he do he stuffed it he didn't talk to anybody he didn't right. say anything now watch what happened about a couple months later he and I were talking in our room we lived in the same place together and we got in a silly argument you know, I mean, what color underwear did Superman wear? Who knows? You know, I mean, it's stupid, stupid. And so he gets upset with me and he goes into his room and he comes out and he's got a bullet. He puts in the chamber his gun and spins it. And he goes, that bullet's got your name on it. He points it right at me. Ooh. It's my best friend. Wow. My best friend. Wow. And uh, I, by the grace of God, I just knew he wasn't going to shoot me. But the thought and when I started talking, I started realizing that he opened up and told me what happened. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens inside people when you hold that kind right, of exactly. traumatic, horrific situation inside. Like you said, the balloon is going to burst at some point. And, and for me, that's when I knew I needed help. You know, growing up as a kid, um, getting into bad things, I saw a lot of bad things, too. I saw somebody right next to me get stabbed and, you know, it, it was bad. I saw countless people get shot, stabbed, beat up, bats and you know, I, I went into the military and here, you know, I'm, I'm getting paid to shoot a gun, Right. you know, and I'm getting paid to hit a target and, and being told, man, there you go. That's the way to do it. Right. And with the first time we had live fire and they're firing rounds over us, you know, tracer rounds and we're crawling through barbed wire. It didn't bother me. And the drill sergeants were getting upset. Like, what's going on with you? I'm, I'm not afraid. You know, uh, I, I worked for the Rock Church for a little while um, doing their Bible college. And we were in a staff meeting in the main sanctuary and they decided to do a, a live drill where people busted in with guns and, you know, mm. to see how everybody reacted. And they replayed the video up on the screen right after it happened. So everybody's watching. And the pastor says, you know, zoom in on that. Who's that in the back row? <laughs> right. And everybody else was ducking. They were hitting the floor because they came in with blanks. And I'm sitting there, that was me in the back row, looking around like, what's going on? I had no startle reflex. I had no Mm -mm. fear. That's when I knew 
something's wrong. Something seriously wrong. I used to wrong. gravitate yeah. towards right. what the danger. And I decided to go to the VA hospital. I didn't believe in therapists. I didn't, you know, I had God. I'm good. But a lot of things were manifesting in my life. Anger was happening. You know, drinking was happening. And I went to the VA hospital. I'm sitting there. I'm like, mm, yeah, this isn't going to work. And it wasn't until I had a therapist that challenged me on all that stuff. Right. And it started to break me down. Right. And that's when I knew, you know what, I, I need to get in this line of work. Yeah. So, um because you, I mean, for like you said, you were like a tender warrior from the beginning. You know, like like me. I mean, I'm eight year kids are eight year old kids are running around wanting to, you know, be firemen, and I just wanted to be married and have kids. You know what I mean? I was like this guy that, you know what I mean? And so I was very much the same way, and I understand exactly, you know, your, your heart. You know, I think we all kind of have that kindred spirit about really wanting to to love on people and 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 help them and see them get victory and healing in their hearts and souls. You know, and I can relate to the. Uh, going towards mm-hmm. um, danger and stuff like that. That was always there's what fight, flight, fight, flight, or freeze. Yes, and I was always the one going into. There's a car accident. People be like, I'm like jumping in there, grabbing yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, um, so I'm not real clear on on how the, all the dynamics of that work. But I wanted to go back really quick. Um, and uh, when you were talking about guilt and shame, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to uh, kind of um, talk about that just for a moment um for myself um you were very instrumental in my life um i had a relationship with god and god was moving in my life i i had encounters it was powerful and then i had a fall from grace and and i just lost contact and 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 i think it just Having had that and then walking away from it, because I didn't grow up in a church, and, and so I, I just I, eventually, as I was an adult, I had an encounter and things were awesome, and then uh, I fell away, and it was kind of like that Bible verse where it says that that, that they'll come back seven times stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I went from a, a highest point to the lowest point um, in a matter. It seemed like a heartbeat, just a blink of an eye, and. Um, and then you were actually instrumental in my healing process. And I was filled with so much guilt and it actually had uh, established itself to the point where I had assumed the identity of shame, of guilt, of unworthiness. And, and, and I just had gotten to such a low point. And uh, I finally had to, to realize, to just tap out and say, you know what, enough's enough. I need help. This is it. I can't, I can't continue this cycle any longer. I've tasted and seen and and I need to get back to my father's house. Mm-hmm. So it's that that prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, if he could just uh, if I could just be a servant in the house, yes, you know, amen, amen. and and God, I love that story. I'm, I'm, I feel that story right now because, you know, God just God just rapping and, and nuzzling his head on my neck. And you were part of that for me. And uh, you were a chaplain at the program that I was in at that time. And you, uh, shortly after my coming into that program, um, you were uh, you put me in a position uh, uh, to pray for other people, and and um, and it really was so huge to break that shell, break that that uh, 
identity that I'd assume for myself, and and I don't want to. I don't know if I ever mentioned it, but I just want to say thank you. Oh, and you're uh, welcome. and it was God. such an amazing point in my life. And and there was eighty guys in that program, and the majority of people were not there. They were there because of court or you know what for whatever reason. And but I knew why I was there. I was there to surrender. I was there to submit. I had to cut my hair. It was about as long as Darren's. Mm-hmm. And, I remember. <laughs> and <laughs> did you? Oh man, I wish I had a, my wife. She's like, I want to see a picture. But uh, but I, I cut my hair, and for me, that was just a sign of surrender. That was something that I would have never, ever, ever in my life. I remember that like it was yesterday. <laughs> when we talked the other day, uh, a lot of memories came flooding back, and I remember talking to you hours in the office and you know, in chapel or before chapel, after chapel. And, you know, um, I, I don't, I've never told you this. I didn't tell anybody this, but when we were looking for some, or when uh, Captain Bo had said, <laughs> hey, you know what? We need one of the beneficiaries to, to lead prayer. He goes, pray about it and think, you know, who might be good to do that. I was praying. I was in my office. I was praying. I had some worship music going. And I mentioned it briefly to you the other day that the Lord did, he gave me your name, gave me your, put your face in front of mine, and he showed me a potter's wheel with a rock on it. Wow. He had his hands around the rock and the wheel was spinning. And the warmth from his hands caused that rock to become clay. Clay, neat. Wow. And it was your heart. Mm-hmm. And he showed me what God was doing with you in the program. Wow. Immediately, I knew this guy, God's using him. He wants to use him. Put him in this position so it can be part of his training that can, I have Can I ask him. a question? Absolutely. Because I, I think that it's important here. How do you delineate the difference between being uh, repentant over sin, like you righteously fall and you, and you should feel repentant and you know, I don't want to say shame, but brokenness over your sin and uh, being stuck in a shame cycle where it, where it gets, you know what I mean? Because yeah. um, I think that's really, really important that you can, you kind of break that down for us because we should repent over our sin. Absolutely. We should feel terrible about our, our sin. So how do you, how do you counsel somebody to be able to understand maybe the two things? There's a, there's a difference between uh, an obligation for repentance versus repenting with a true and pure heart. Mm, when you re- repent out of obligation, you're doing it more as um, we should have a healthy fear of the Lord, right? But not a fear that we dismiss Him as our Father, right? You know, and I think that's where people get caught and tripped yeah. up a lot, where they're repenting just out of obligation, or you know, um, if it gets to that shame point we're constantly staying in that same sin and constantly repenting for that same sin. We're mm. not understanding our position in Christ. Right, right, That's right. what it gets back to sure. is knowing who we are, knowing right. that he's a good father, knowing that uh, he loves us unconditionally, that yeah. when we do repent, our sins are as far as the East is from the West. Right, right, he's not right. going to dig those up from the bottom of the ocean. You know, and I think uh, environment is everything. Absolutely. And, and I think that's why it's a huge benefit to have a small 
fellowship because you get in that environment where you can feel and you're walking. It's just that family environment. Mm -hmm. I love that about our church. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly going out into the riverbed. And I'm not just going out there just to – we feed our animals, but we go out there to – Develop those relationships and create that environment Amen. where people just feel loved and accepted. And yes. I'll sit there and eat with them. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We just we just sit there and talk. And I'm not talking at them. When I'm in right. the prisons, I'm, I tell the guy, I'm not talking at you. Mm-hmm. I'm here to walk with you. And, right. and and they're like, wow. like And they're writing and we're corresponding now. Obviously, we're not be able to get in there. But I believe that that makes all the difference in the world. It does. And you know, mm-hmm. you're building hope. Right. Yes. You're building hope. Right. And, and like we talked about the other day, you know, we have mountains in front of us. And the Bible says that we can move mountains. Right. right? But sometimes people don't know or don't really want what's on the other side of that mountain. Right. What are you really hoping for? Right. You know, it's like people will not receive their physical healing. Mm-hmm. Because they like their disability check. That's exactly right. We oh. were talking about that, right? Do you yeah. really, when Jesus said to the man, what do you really want? Do you want to be healed? What's right? on the other side of that Amen. mountain? Right. Is it prosperity? Is it right. physical healing? You know, so when that mountain does move, people finally realize like, whoa, that's not what I was really hoping for. Right. So you have to know what you're hoping for right. to be able to receive the repentance, the forgiveness right. from God. You know, if if it's a breakthrough emotionally or spiritually, if that's what's on the other side of your mountain, and when you finally move that mountain, you can rejoice that that's what God had for you the whole time. But if that's not really what you wanted on the other side of that mountain, you're going to stay stuck. Exactly. You know, guys in recovery, you know, is it really recovery that you want? Or are you trying to do that because you want your relationship back? You want your relationship back. Or the judge like, said, I'm going to give you this. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to do this, but I, um, I need to get that in return. And that's yes. not love. That's not real no, recovery. No. That's not real breakthrough. No. And then the person that's helping them is just enabling them exactly. to continue that cycle. Right. It's a slippery slope. You have one right. foot on a banana peel and one foot in hell. You know, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. can't enable that we have to bring that to the surface right to where it's really going to be addressed exactly and no longer exactly. dismissed or minimized exactly god gives us uh these things in the form of seed yes. and we have to be willing to put in the work and to to water and, and nurture and, and and develop that thing um and Getting back to that, man, I was just, I was so grateful for that moment in time, man. And, and I was, I knew that I was ready to put in the work. And, and I had mentioned to you um, earlier that from that point, as soon as I left there, I was in a, a managed a, a home, mm-hmm. uh, sober living for about five years. That was part of my next level of training. And through that, and as I was there, I was involved in, heavily involved in ministry and that this last 15 years has just been absolutely phenomenal just so many different things and but one thing i i do want to say is is god will give the forgiveness but we have to be willing to put forth the effort be willing to put in the work from from there on out and a lot of times people 
uh, they don't want to put in the work yeah, and they don't want to look inside and they don't want to accept things. And, yeah. Oh, hey, hi, Tina. Thank you for tuning in. I think that's uh, called pride, a, right, Pastor? Yeah, right. A lot of times it you is. just, yes. you know what I mean? And that's oh, what the gosh. one of the biggest blockades to that is, is my ego, my pride. Yes. You know what I mean? Even in that. And, so. the, and then there's things like false humility and things mm-hmm. like that right. or, or even... Um, the victim mentality, like you guys are talking about, like I don't want to give up everybody feeling sorry for me. Exactly. If I and, get and, healed, you know, like no we, one's gonna, no one's gonna, you know, say, "Oh, poor," you know. And, exactly. Like we talked about the other day, that old wooden wagon wheel off of the <laughs> stagecoach. Right. You know, there's a hub, mm. and there's a lot of spokes. That hub might be pride. Mm. It might be shame. Mm. It might be fear. Whatever that hub is, your, every spoke right. is going to be a, a byproduct of exactly. what that, you know, it could be the anxiety, could be yep. the depression, could be your alcoholism, could be that you can't keep a relationship. Right. So get to that hub. Right. Find out what it is. God, Get God to step in on that. Ask him for it and get some psychological help or right. work yourself with a kind of an accountability partner to figure out how to break the cycle and right tear that hub apart so there aren't any more spokes. And the beautiful thing is God guarantees that he will do that. Yes. Well, Amen. I think I think uh, the spokes, it should be a healthy wheel because it's kind of like a bike. Yes. And if you, the spokes aren't tightened properly, what happens? You're going to get a wobble if your That's good. rim's bent, That's right? Good. And pretty soon you're going to fall off the bike. If the <laughs> hub of your wheel is love. Uh, right. Right. Yes. And now you have healthy relationships, healthy branches, healthy spokes. Then you're being fruitful and, and, you know, fruitfulness is reproduction. Yes, you're not putting your insecurities on anybody else. You know, you've dealt with them. You're good. You know, you know where your standing is, who who your God is. It's it's all about, yeah. And knowing how to maintenance yourself, I think that's a huge takeaway from this, uh, to continue to maintain yourself, to Mm -hmm. have... Be in an environment and around people that can help uh, uh, strengthen uh, iron, strengthen and uh, sharpen you. Yes. Um, Like iron sharpens iron. I tell people all the time in therapy, look, the goal here is that when you finish therapy, that you're your own therapist. That's good. You hear my voice or, you know, you have to recognize all your triggers. If somebody comes in for anger issues, then you know what? We're going to go over what physical symptoms, what physical signs you have that that Mm -hmm. when you first start to feel that anger arise mm-hmm. in you mm-hmm. once you recognize that then you have an opportunity that's to stop right. it that's right, right? so there and i told you this the other day too there's a split second between a stimulus and a response mm-hmm. right a mm-hmm. split second mm-hmm. but the good thing that christians have is we have the holy spirit right. so on. in between that millisecond right. that's what's going to guide our decision right to exactly. either go the worldly way and flip out right. or we're going to go the godly way and be able to react in peace and you have to really want to i mean it reminds me of me okay so when i was married to my wife she would do things like she would shun me we'd be talking say something kind of nasty and then turn her back and walk away mm. well inevitably i'd follow after her trying yeah. to make my point <laughs> be defensive but honey you don't understand you did what she but wanted this, you to do and, what, and so i'm she's she's the puppeteer and i'm the marionette just going dee, 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 right but god showed me that okay in that moment okay just stop for a second. Take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Let the Holy Spirit come in, like you said, mm-hmm. and stop chasing her. 
Yeah. Right? And stop the insanity. Yeah. And the the way the Holy Spirit, you allow the Holy Spirit to come in is what are you doing more of? Are you doing more of worldly things or are you right. doing more of godly oh, things? Right. That's what becomes second nature. Come You're going to react right. Right. with right. whatever you feel yourself more right. of. Right. Right. And, you know, one of the things that we teach about is learning how to identify the emotional, sig- I mean, the physical signals. Yes. So a lot of times, you know, when somebody does push that button, you're going to feel it physically. Yes. You need to learn to identify. This is why knowledge is power. Amen. By wisdom, a house is built. Through yes. understanding is established. And by knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasure. Amen. So if we're going to fill our house, houses and we're going to be full, we need to understand these things and say, wait a minute. I'm feeling this way. I'm being triggered right now, mm-hmm. and I need to stop this process. I need to get off this bike first of all. Yes. Stop this wheel from That's spinning. Yes. Otherwise, it's just gonna go. It's, it's, it's gonna like, get more momentum. In psychology, it's classic, classic conditioning, classical yeah. conditioning. Right. You know, Pavlov had those dogs that he surgically <laughs> implanted the tubes. Right. Rang a bell. Right. And the dog started started salivating. salivating. Yep. So if that bell ringing is your trigger, somebody cutting you off on the mm-hmm. freeway. What are you going to salivate? Are you going to salivate in the ways of God? Or are you going to salivate Amen. in the ways of the world? Amen. And when it comes to forgiveness, and we're winding down, unfortunately, we're getting about four minutes away. But uh, there's I read this thing the other day, and it said, when it comes to forgiveness, whose blood are you going to gonna uh, want or stand on the blood of your enemy or the blood of Jesus Christ. Ooh, come on. Ooh. And wow. you have to we have to b- break that down to people though. I mean it's a, it's a nice sounding platitude pastor, mm-hmm. but people need to know well, what does that mean? What right. does it look like, yeah. you know, standing on the blood of Christ as opposed to my enemy? Because we don't understand that a lot of times. Vengeance is not ours. Right. And, and It's not. No, and, and we need to understand why it's not ours. The we understand practical that, application that when you that, let, right. you may, you know, let that person off of your hook does not mean they're let off God's hook. God's right. going to deal with that person mm-hmm. and he will make the final determination and the perfect judgment of what needs to happen there. Right. You know, and right. once we can get to that place, I mean, that helped me forgive my father. Mm-hmm. That was one of the biggest things that helped me because I, right. I felt felt so righteously hateful towards him mm-hmm. and there I was stuck yes. you know in, in that big mess yeah. you know and until like you know a pastor or a pastor you guys come and share that these things with me I, I thought I was okay being angry with them mm-hmm. about that I didn't yeah. understand what the components of real forgiveness was and what that meant to forgive. Yeah, what do they say? It's uh, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and, and expecting, expecting the, the other, other person, person to die. die. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and and that word forgiveness in the Bible it means release yes. to to uh, no longer feed or no longer require a payment. It's actually like a legal transaction. Yes. And there is, there's so many, we know when the Bible says, uh, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, mm-hmm. that word weapon is actually a document or contract. And we need to learn how to null and void those contracts mm-hmm. and, and When you can honestly and earnestly pray for that person that hurt you right. and travail for their soul right. and their spirit and their health, that's when true forgiveness has set in. And you know what? That, that's so powerful because my dad wasn't saved. I, I think towards the end he might have been saved. But when I realized that's a soul going to hell, yeah. when that finally clicked in, because it didn't. You know, I was so busy with my anger and my bitterness. Yeah. But when I finally grabbed onto that, man, my heart broke. Yes, and It's, that's it's kind started. of intoxicating, isn't it? It is. Anger yeah, and even depression. It, like, it, it clouds our minds. Yeah. And the Bible says to be sober, be vigilant. And I think that we need to actively and intentionally um, press through the, yeah. that that um, that influence. Yeah, it validates that feel-good sense in our brains right. to you know hate our enemy. Oh, or, it does. Uh, oh, right. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, it's not, not eye right. for an eye. Uh, yeah. And yeah. that's why we see a lot of uh, bitter uh, uh, people, Christians, walking around like they were baptized in, in lemon. In yeah. lemon juice. And, yeah. and, and, Sucking on sour and, and, lemons. And hiding behind religious facades. But uh, yeah. we're about to wind down right now. Man, I, I really hope that we're able to have another one real soon, yeah, God willing. Yes. Uh, Ruben, I would absolutely love that. Me too. Um, will you share the information on Suavecitos and, uh, oh, yeah. and your... Uh, your um uh, um, what you do? Yeah, um, we have a, a page called the Suavecitos Bible Car Club Bible Study page, and that's S U A V E S I T O S. Um, it started as, as a men's Bible study two years ago um, in, at Juan Pollo on Fifth and Mount Vernon in San Bernardino. And when all this coronavirus stuff, we went online, and um, it's taking off. It's really doing good. We do a Bible study every Monday night at mm. six p.m. Mm. Pacific Standard Time live on the Suavecitos Car Club Bible Study page. And um, people are like a car club with a Bible study. Yes, we're a community-based car club. We're a 501c3. And um, so, yeah, we've we've been doing really good with that. Excellent, excellent. And then my fiance, Tina, she sits with me and helps me with the Bible study. And we take prayer requests. Um, We did communion this last Monday. Awesome. Yeah, giving people God's word. Tina, well, God bless wanna, your upcoming marriage. Thank I mean, you. That's awesome. And uh, we, my wife, absolutely adores Tina, and uh, and so I know that this is just the beginning. I want to thank you Amen. once again thank for you. joining thank us, you. and and everything that you shared with us is so um, pivotal. It can make the difference between life and death. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that that the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, but yes. I came to that my eye of life, more abundant. Zoe, abundant Zoe life, life. Yes. fruitful life, productive life. Life yes. and uh, eternal life. Amen. And so thank you so much, Ruben. Thank, thank you, you everyone, for tuning in. God bless you. This is Pastor Michael, Darren McBee, Ruben, Hope Stream. God bless you. Like and share, please. <laughs>